Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Purposefully, I don't think about it after that. I don't obsess on it, but I keep it where I can see it. Didn't always do that. Took it for granted in early recovery, and the desire to drink returned. I make it a point to bring that up over and over and over again, in part because... Maybe obvious to you, but I would say most of the people that I talk to on a regular basis don't get that. They think that uh, if they don't feel it now, then they just don't feel it and it's not a problem anymore and it's not going to return and everything's good and they're over it and they're moving on and they're just, they've had it with drinking and it's not going to happen anymore. It couldn't happen anymore. I learned that all of that is dangerous. We have a daily reprieve that's contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, and that is it. It is exactly, for that reason, the same as saying, you know what, I'm going to get up today, I'm going to take a shower, you take a shower, and then you go, I'm clean today. You know, I'm soapy, wash my hair, feel really good. I'm not going to get dirty anymore. I don't feel dirty now. I don't smell right now. I'm really clean. It's not an issue for me anymore. Or it's the same as saying, you know, I'm hungry. Eat something. And then I'm full. I don't know what you're talking about. Hunger. I I, I just ate. I'm good. You get where I'm going. (laughs) But I go over that over and over and over again because, like I said, in part, this escapes people that I talk to. They don't get it. It's very clear. 
in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's very clear from my experience that we have a daily reprieve that is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And that is it. For that reason, the state of my spiritual condition is of utmost importance to me. My life depends on it. So learning what being in fit spiritual condition means for me is vital. It's life and death. So I better know what that means. And there's some very simple things, you know, that I know are not spiritually fit that I am always keeping on the lookout for, you know, basic things, being judgmental, being intolerant, being fearful, resentful, self-righteous, entitled, mean to myself, mean to you, goes on and on, but it behooves us to learn what they're talking about when they say your, your sobriety relies on you being spiritually fit today. Nothing new. These are old, old ancient, the oldest spiritual principles that there are. It's nothing unique. Anyways, I have my piping hot cup of coffee right here in front of me. It's French roast. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but it's French roast. Just kidding. So I have that and I have something I want to read. So, get ready for this. Get your libation. Speaking of spiritually fit, let's see what Emmett Fox has to say in this beautiful passage today that I found in Around the Year with Emmett Fox. Before I read this, I'll read something from the big book, actually. It's pretty cool. It is on page 87, last full paragraph. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. So, I read this book around the year with Emmett Fox, because I find it very helpful. It embodies the principles that we're talking about. So, I want to read that to you. <clears throat> 
tie it in. All right. February 16th. Setting others free means setting yourself free. Because resentment is really a form of attachment. It is a cosmic truth that it takes two to make a prisoner. A prisoner and a jailer. There is no such thing as being a prisoner on one's own account. Moreover, the jailer is as much a prisoner as his charge. When you hold a resentment against anyone, you are bound to that person by a mental chain. You are tied by a cosmic tie to the thing that you hate. The one person, perhaps, in the whole world whom you dislike is the very one to whom you are attaching yourself by a hook stronger than steel. Is this what you wish? Is this the condition in which you desire to go on living? Remember, you belong to the thing which you are linked in thought. And at some time or other, if that tie endures, the object of your resentment will be drawn in again, again into your life perhaps to work further havoc. No one can afford such a thing. And so you must cut all ties by a clear act of forgiveness. You must lose him and let him go. By forgiveness, you set yourself free. You save your soul. And because the law of love works alike for one and all, he helped to save his soul, too. I think that is pretty amazing. I think that is pretty amazing. I was talking to my wife yesterday morning about how I was able to forgive myself when I forgave other people. It did not happen in reverse order for me. And I was telling her the reason for that in my inner experience is that this is the chain of events here. I was able to realize that other people were spiritually sick, just like me. And that realization made me feel equal to them. The same as, a part of, connected to. And I was able to feel compassion for them and empathy for them. And intrinsically, I felt it for myself. For I had the sensation and the knowing that we were all one. That's how it worked for me. I wasn't loved until I could love myself. That's not what happened for me. I rejected love. I didn't feel love. 
You could love me all you wanted to. I wasn't going to believe you. You could tell me I was this and I was that and I was spectacular and I was the best and this and that or I was whatever. You could have said all that and it, it just bounced off me. It's not how it works. If it were that easy, the universe would be in reverse. And all we would do is need people to shower us with praise and compliments, but it really doesn't work. That hole gets filled from the inside. So, that's what happened to me. When I started to practice these tools that are in the bid book, when somebody offends us, we said to ourselves, this is a sick person, just like me. Sick meaning not less than me. That's self-talking. But they're the same as me. I have fear. I have insecurity. I have resentments. I have self-righteousness. I have arrogance, entitlement, judgment, self-pity, dishonesty. I have all those things. I just don't see being aware of who I really am and not being able to have compassion for people. Because as soon as I saw who I really was, just all those things, I had empathy and compassion for other people. And then I had it for myself. So really, I learned how to love. And a byproduct of that was that I learned to love myself. I always hated myself. When I got sober, I hated myself. I really did. I hated myself. I was hateable. I was irresponsible. I was a taker. I was delusional. I was a thief. I was a liar. I manipulated everyone. And I came to see that that was why I hated myself. Because I was hateable. It wasn't mysterious. And then the next phase was that I was, I felt remorse and guilt but it did not turn into fuel to cause me to change it was just another form of self I'm worse than you I'm not as good as you look at me I'm trash now now I'm different in a different way I used to be better than you now I just discovered I'm worse than you which is just the flip side of the coin. But when I made real that other people were spiritually sick, afraid, needing love, needing compassion, needing empathy, 
patience. Equally as deserving of being able to go through their own process of growth and change. The feeling of separation that I had went away and I started to feel the same. I started to know we were the same. It was an experience that can't be described. It was a knowing that we are one. All of us. And if I want something bad to happen to you, I want something bad to happen to me. We're one. I can't hate you and not hate me. It doesn't work that way. I hated myself because I hated everybody. And I hated everybody because I felt better than or worse than separate from. But the simple application of these tools that are in the big book that start when you start to do the fourth column. The tools I'm talking about now. When you start to do the fourth column, you, when you start to take your own personal inventory. When the whole victim mentality gets flipped on its side. That was where I started to see that we were one. That was when I was truly able to let go of resentments towards you and me. So I learned to love myself through loving you. My love for myself, my forgiveness for myself, my acceptance of myself didn't come from you. I always wanted it to. I was pushed for that. I really wanted that. Tried to fill that hole with um, praise, sex, money, material things. But it never worked. It doesn't work. That's just not how it works. It comes from the inside. And it gets built by me loving you. If my happiness was dependent upon the love I received... a whole different world I was living in. But I absolutely feel amazing today because of the love that I am able to give. And it doesn't come from me. All I do is get out of my own way, stay out of self as best I can, stay unblocked as best I can. And all that love comes from my higher power. I want to give a shout out to Happy Joyous and Three, the Black Rhinos. The 
podcast greater than yourself, Sober Gratitudes Podcast. I'll say hello to Chelsea. say to anyone who needs to hear it, everything is okay. And on that note, I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. I hope you'll do the same.